Welcome to series two of the Dear Moving podcast, where we share with you how we're enabling people to get moving. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting and connecting GM Moving, Greater Manchester's movement for movement. Supported by investment from Sport England, Greater Manchester partners have been taking a whole system, place-based approach to embed physical activity into everything. For happier, healthier, more connected communities and active lives for all. In each episode, we share stories of what this looks like in action in each of the 10 boroughs of Greater Manchester. In today's episode, I'm in Manchester Central Library with Pete from Salford, and I'm rejoined by Nicole, one of my Greater Sport colleagues from the Central GM local pilot team. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, Active Lives data showed that adult physical activity levels in Salford were above the Greater Manchester average, after a significant increase year-on-year since 2015. The data, however, paints a different picture for children and young people, with activity levels for young people in Salford amongst the lowest in Greater Manchester, especially amongst secondary school-aged girls. So, let's get straight to it and find out what's being done to design moving back into people's lives. I start by asking Pete why moving matters to him. You know, talking about what I'd say physical activity is given back to me, you know, from a physical health, mental health basis as well. It's it's something I'm really, really passionate about. So I'm really glad that I'm able to, you know, bring that passion into my, into my professional life as well. So, you know, in, in a way, it's kind of a dream job, really. I'm, I'm really lucky and I'm glad to be sat here talking about it. I think out of anything that anybody can do around the health and what we can do to actually support population health as well, moving and physical activity just ticks so many boxes but in a good way not in a sort of statutory way if we talk about other things around managing um other lifestyle behaviors it can sometimes be done on a more sort of deficit based Mm -hmm. model whereas i think anything to do with physical activity where we're talking from a prevention basis where we're actually talking about reducing the risk of people becoming ill and we're talking about strengthening communities or even then managing conditions as well. It's an absolute no-brainer for me. It is a kind of common theme that people will talk about their own personal experience mm-hmm. of what physical activity is brought for them. And it's different, isn't it? Everyone's got a different story. So, um, yeah, how do you like to move? How do you keep active? At the moment, I'm doing a lot of walking, unfortunately. I had a little bit of a, a knee injury just after Christmas, so I've really been doing quite a lot of knee rehab, going to physio around to, to manage that. But I like walking anyway, so I will try and get out for at least an hour's walk a day, sometimes longer at the weekend. I'll try and take my, my, my children, or at least one of my children with me when I can as well. And I think it's really good to, to get them used to sort of being in the outside world within their own community getting a love and a sense of place within their local parks and and even just sort of, you know, walking around urban areas as well. It's something free that we can do as a family and it's something I I really love doing. When I can run as well, running's great for headspace, just for time for myself. I love my music as well, so I like listening to music when I'm out running. And a podcast? Yeah, I'm I'm always a little bit behind trends with technology and media, so yeah, (laughs) I'll get there eventually, Eve. (laughs) Fantastic. 
And what about you, Nicole? I love that buzz after you've, you know, you've gone for a walk or you've you've gone for a run or, you know, done a team sport or, or whatever. But um, I think for me personally, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. So, you know, I've, I've personally had some struggles with uh, my mental health kind of throughout my life. So I find that, that moving is a really good way to manage that. You know, just getting out and going for a walk is great for mindfulness and, you know, managing anxiety and things like that. Um, but I've also got a young child, which, you know, we've all got kids in the room. So I think we know how full on that is. Um, you know, that's great to have a bit of, of time to myself. Bringing your kids to you know, the park or, you know, seeing them move in and seeing the joy, Absolutely. the absolute joy that they get out of it. You know, I took my, my son... He's 21 months and I took him to um, a local bike track that's that's recently been built. Wow. And he absolutely loved it. Honestly, it was just the, the smile on his face as he was like going up and down the little ramps. And I mean, to be honest, I couldn't get him off it. It was... You know, <laughs> <laughs> one more, them. one more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How old yeah. are your kids again, Pete? I've got, I've, I've got a little boy who will be 18 months in a few days and I've got a little girl who's seven, um, seven and a half now. So yeah, time flies. I saw a family in my local park with a cargo e-bike full of the party mm-hmm. bags. So they were absolutely capitalising on the fact they could have the kids party in the park for free, mm-hmm. use and hire a local e-bike, put all the kids stuff in there. And I was like, there you go, <laughs> jobs are good. And so um, there's a tip for you. Teddy's yeah. <laughs> yeah. birthday's coming up. I'll, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great shout. <laughs> well, you know, that, but then this is you know, where, where we're going to with the cost of living crisis. The point is, you know, with sort of the climate change and living sustainably as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not saying that anyone, you know, people have to be sort of locked within the local area all the time. But I think going back to basics and it doesn't cost anything to be mm-hmm. able to go to your local park or your mm-hmm. local green spaces. Mm-hmm. I was horrified, you know, the other day. My my wife was taking my uh, my daughter to, to a party um, at, at a theme park and mm-hmm. luckily she didn't have to pay to get in. But even just the price of an amount wow. to get in, especially when we're talking about, some, you know, the, the target populations that we wanted to be enabled to become more active. You know, we need to be realistic about using those assets mm-hmm. that we've got, mm-hmm. but making them welcome in, making people actually get a sense that they want to be in there with the, with the friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a big job in itself and it's a big mm-hmm. challenge. And, you know, I hate using the word journey in this context, but it is a big sort of journey to go on. Come on, it's all the joy of the journey. We're all okay with that, Pete. But there's, yeah, some kind of key points there already, yeah. aren't there, around yeah. how this does help us, yeah, a greener, a greener Greater Manchester, more sustainable place. Absolutely. Often, if you live a sedentary lifestyle, you're more mm-hmm. likely to, um, yeah, contribute to high carbon emissions. Um, yeah, your point there around living, cost of living crisis um, and poverty, we know that, yeah, it, if you can access quality green spaces, if you can walk and cycle and wheel and get about, then that's stuff that, you know, really does help reduce costs. But we need to make sure that's for everyone, don't we? Um, and yeah, and those benefits that you both talked about for your physical and your mental mm-hmm. health. So it's it, it really is like a bit of a miracle pill, isn't it, as people have described? <laughs> so to dig in a little bit to your role um, and what this is all about. So you're the locality lead in Salford for what we currently call the local pilot. So tell us a little bit about what what does that mean and what's your role? So my role within um, the local pilot originally going back a little bit of time was I was um, our sort of local authority and public health provider, the health improvement service working on our role within that and then in December 2020, I moved into this role within our public health team and then and, and sort of inherited the, the leadership of the local pilot. 
So I knew a little bit about it and I knew what my role in that was within the health improvement service. But then obviously I'd, I'd take over coordination of it and then obviously had to learn a lot about obviously the dynamic of sort of GM moving, local authorities, but you know, the priorities around that and how that fits into our local strategy as well moving forward. Because, you know, it's my responsibility to have a really workable strategy of an equitable, sorry, an equitable approach towards getting people to move more. Our pilot was a was and is a, a sort of multifaceted, multi-partnership approach. Um, we've got um, the youth service, um, we've got our local leisure providers, solve the community leisure, we've got our health improvement services I've already mentioned as well. We've got wider providers involved with that as well, but we've also got key partners in our CVS and another um, community social enterprise, which you'll both be aware of, um, you know, because we're very active in Greater Manchester and a lot of the learning, um, you know, it, it's beyond Empower formally Empower You. So there's been lots of um, work we've been doing around that. CVS have had um, activation funds of working with the local community to actually identify um, our target audience, which was um, children and young people, which was by the basis of our active lives data, which we know doesn't tell the whole story. Up until the pandemic, our active lives data was some of the best in, in Greater Manchester, which considering that we've, we've got sort of higher levels of, um, of deprivation and poverty and some of those social challenges compared to some of the other areas was quite a feather in our cap, really, I'd, I'd say, and something we, we could be proud of as a city. But our children, young people's data, considering we've got a really, really good leisure offer, we've got really, really good equity of how many sports clubs we've got, we've got an excellent school sports partnership which is a wider partner of you know and a key contact within the local pilot but despite all those things our children and young people data was some of the worst in, in, in greater manchester and by that was also lower than the england average as well and of course you know, that old sort of chestnut we've still got to crack as well you know there was the gender gap as well the gender activity gap especially in adolescent girls which is why we we chose those as an audience out of out of the ones um you know which were available to to, to sort of bid for so cvs were with um Groups that were in contact with um, with girls and young women, um, or even individuals who wanted to sort of be more active or were socially isolated as well, and actually offered out grants to apply for. And there was a number of grants given out, and obviously that's been monitored. Working in partnership with local um, local high schools, you know, like the Co-op Academy and others as well, to actually identify young girls who would really benefit from being more physically active, who may you know who may have issues potentially you know around um, attendance or you know or, or potentially around you know behavior which is all informed obviously by other things by wider determinants and social determinants and and actually bringing them into the youth centers in the den getting involved, involved in boxing getting involved in using green spaces but rewinding a bit what's really really important is that that is all done in the spirit of co-production giving them that youth voice and actually asking them, you know, what do they need to become more physically active? What do they want to try? What are the barriers and how can we get past them? So it was a really, really good, and I want to use consultation as a word, but it was a really good kind of consultation exercise around, you know, around that sort of population and then inspiring them to move more. So you've got a clear target audience there mm-hmm. of children young people within that particularly, um, young women and girls. Is there a particular target area locality within Salford that you've been focusing on as it's been across the whole yeah it was um it it, it was in Little Holton and Warner um you know and, and the den uh, in 
in walked in in our, in our sort of geographical area where we were sighting the pilot has been really really successful it's local based it's really really connected to the local community and one of the main sort of motivators around wider partners and bringing the system on board was around the youth task group and the local neighborhood forums like the police community safety neighborhood management local councils because there was an issue of anti-social behavior within that center and all the different partners that really supported this vacant unit being open for that benefit you know as, as distraction to get young people doing something local to them that was beneficial rather than you know being involved in you know in some of this sort of asb and low level crime but naturally some of our work has gone wider um, you know, for instance, sort of moving on to the health improvement service, um, that the role developed from our pilot where we could actually see a niche as it was developing where we could see that there was a bit of a gap from that transition of moving into sort of young adulthood whereby there was real work in the health improvement service to work with young people who were sort of like um, 16, 18, up to 25. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of key transition points always really. Well, important across all all provision um, and often it's where people fall Um, through the gap, don't they? Oh, yeah. We look at the active lives data. I mean, you know, recently we've we've been able to, we've got five years of it now, so we've had a, a, you know, decent kind of dig down into it and I'd say the 16 to I think it's 30 or 35 kind of cohort or age range across Greater Manchester you know it is is a, an area that is of you know some concern it was always previously strong wasn't it and you know I was quite you know alarmed when I saw that that basis has always been around as well with the healthy premises around employability and very ideally placed within within the local authority as well with our sort of kickstart scheme and our sort of future scheme so they've been able to work with those young people around building resilience and about about building some of those skills that you get from being physically active, those social skills and and, and working hard and goal setting and and coming from adversity with the different things that we've been able to try again through co-production using local assets. And they've then gone on to actually volunteer and get roles within our health improvement service and actually within some of our other local sort of um, key anchor organisations as well. You know, moving on to Salford Youth Alliance and SCL as well, their work within this has been crucial um, for developing young leaders and and getting young people into sport and identifying volunteer leaders and getting people mm-hmm. into employment, you, you know, has it, been a real success. And I, th- I think what you've kind of outlined there and described is, you know, the wider approach of the local pilots is mm-hmm. looking at things within a whole system. So mm-hmm. you're not just looking at, so you, you know, obviously in Salford you're working with, you know, CYP and, and girls, mm-hmm. but it doesn't just stop there. That You know, the wider barriers Sorry. and the wider systemic issues, you know, like you say you've identified that you know the exit pathway for that age group you know the the kind of next steps you know who are the other wider partners that would benefit from you know more people in Salford more girls in Salford being physically active and and things like that so yeah you've you know that is the, the the system approach isn't it In, in your role, Pete, what have been things that have stretched you the most or anything in particular that you've, you've learned over the last couple of years? When I've actually got sort of deeper down into sort of the conversations from the engagement around the physical activity framework in Salford, it's around those sort of really, really specific sort of cultural barriers, you know, for some of our more diverse and underserved communities 
and and actually sort of what what you know really really deep dive into what's leading into those inequalities and working with things like you know you know um, colleagues from um, you know the Greater Manchester sort of disability partnership and others as well and around you know the disabled cycling is actually how much our built environment still needs to develop and we're quite far on with this in Salford especially some of the consultancy that we'll get get onto in a bit and, and the way that you know um, beyond empower have done with our parks and green spaces and our sort of environments and and highways teams but you know actually how much was still sort of systemic issues within society where you know potentially there's, there's almost that sort of institutionalized ableism is about a right phrase to use so can you give any kind of examples that help bring that to life in, in how you're addressing those the work that the parks and green spaces team have done has been really interesting when the greenways or when sort of loop lines and things like that are put up that you know just completely you know in good faith or you know or you know not deliberately you know things have been put in to stop maybe sort of like I don't know motorbikes or scramble bikes or vehicle access but then it then blocks, you know, it, it blocks disabled cyclists or it could potentially block wheelchairs. And, and you know, that would be a really, really good example how, you know, we then had to go back and almost like sort of, you know, change some of that and actually do some of those improvements, you know, which obviously Ben has really sort of advocated for, you know, alongside colleagues. But even just looking at some of the surfaces around what's actually down within our parks and, I think something that, I, that, that I'm really, really passionate about, and it's something you and I have discussed before, even when we're talking about older people with mobility issues who are talking about people with long-term conditions and then moving to sort of talking around them um, you know around disabled people as well it's no good having wherever you are greater manchester also it's no really no good having those really really great green spaces mm-hmm. and loop lines and greenways or what b lines whatever we want to call them if people haven't got the sort of confidence or means to be able to get to them and we've got that whole emphasis of active by design. We try to do within, you know, sort of when there's when there's you know road, um, you know, there's capital works going on, any you know improvements around sort of junctions or roads, or new developments are being built. And we really need to get tied to some really good examples of work within within other local authorities, you know, in GM and wider around policy planning documents around spatial health, mm-hmm. spa- sorry, health and spatial planning. And we've just started that conversation up now. We've, we're planning a number of different partners within the local authority. The challenge I've got really is if there's no plans around capital investment work that you can then make accessible, it's almost like we've talked about retrofitting to people's homes around energy efficiency. We've talked about retrofitting people's cars potentially around emissions. But it's almost getting to the point where that's actually we need to almost to sort of like retrofit and make some of our roads and and, and our places more accessible. Mm-hmm. I was in a meeting with a, you know with, with the school the other day in partnership with um, Living Streets and you know after a school route order and you know it, it, again it just really brings out that passion where it's like you know it, it, there's so many challenges with, with, with these young people being, and children being and families being able to walk to school which is what we're asking them to do and unless we enable that not that I was naive enough to think oh well building they'll come is a philosophy that's going to work you know well let's do a physical activity strategy what we need to do is we need to I don't know set up these runs or walks in these parks mm-hmm. or we need to set up this group that group or the other group because it's Unless the built environment is is suitable for that, 
and, and that's the big challenge. And that's that's where it comes to actually speaking to people, doesn't it? Exactly, like, yes. A lot of the time we don't specifically live in the areas, so we're we're assuming, we're putting our own kind of context and, and uh, lenses on, you know, what could be potential barriers and things like that. But I always think back to a conversation I had with um, a lady who was saying that, you know, they had a fantastic park that she used to love going to, but she'd recently, you know, had a, I think it was like a hip replacement she really wanted to go and, and do some walking but the bus that dropped her off dropped her off on the the opposite side of the road mm. and there wasn't a crossing that was within you know a, a suitable dif- distance for her she didn't feel like she was confident enough to be able to get across the road quickly enough so you know it's just little things like that but without speaking to that lady you know i would have thought well there's a bus stop there so you know it's accessible Absolutely. for people but there's no crossing so how mm. how can she you know so you know those what can sound like a small example but actually finding the budget you know persuading others that this needs to be a priority why it needs to be a priority so you've talked a lot around or both of you really around kind of knitting the system at a gm level um and then within within salford so where are you seeing where the moments of joy where you're seeing kind of having listened and heard what matters to people about some of those changes where you've then been able to to shift things and make a difference i'd say we're still on we're still on the the journey of that but this is this is one of the 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 things that i want to sort of go back to where we've got the charity involved living streets and a school within salford the school have been really really on board with this sort of once a week campaign and there's there's real buying and it's about getting the local councillors it's about getting the people within the council actually who have sort of officers the paid officers and and leaders around some of those um some of those issues that have been identified around fly tipping and around sort of deterring from that enforcement around that cleaning areas up to make them um, you know making roads easier and more and, and safer to cross you know marking signs and way you know and and wayfaring around them um, around links to sort of the loop lines that are local to that and the greenways you know this is something i see as an example where i can really influence and get my teeth into there's always been a really really big and you know i'm not just talking about salford i'm, I'm, I'm talking about sort of anywhere national local regionally there always seems to be a real um divide between actually the sort of strategy and the policy and what we want to happen and actually what's going on on the ground either in the communities or paid services actually the golden sort of tickets marrying those two up and saying well actually you know we've got a strategy here but actually it does marry into operation and we're going to actually be tenacious enough and we're actually going to get the key players on board to make this work and that's what I'm trying to do there's no good having a lot of people sort of sat around the table nodding and saying yeah we're on board we want to do this unless the local community are involved and we know what those challenges are and we're not just assuming you know if you sat there as a, as a sort of an able body you know person who's always sort of lived in this country and, and understands the culture and you can be the most sort of open sort of hearted open minded you know, social value based person, but unless you actually speak to people and find out what their lived experience is and what they need, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a, you know, there's a few things where there's marrying up sort of strategy and operation and making these things happen. And there's actually keeping people, not just in consultation, but people keep keeping people in the loop and making a two way conversation of influencing things. That's been, I mean, that's been highlighted repeatedly, hasn't it? As um, one of what we describe as kind of the key enablers, yeah. key five enablers, is that really involving people and growing those mm-hmm. local assets. Mm-hmm. And that challenge that you speak to there, um, of that implementation gap 
crops up, doesn't it, across GM? So any reflections? Like, is it you sighing now in the corner, Nicole? So go on, what are your thoughts? No, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's all, um, you know, it always comes from a good place, doesn't it? I think, you know, when we create these strategies and, you know, we're always kind of trying to do the best for, for our communities and, and the people that, that live in Greater Manchester. But like you've, you've touched upon there, how does it actually resonate with those people that are living within those those areas? And, and you know, a lot of the time, these strategies, they don't actually really mean anything to them either. You know, it's not, if they've not been involved with it, they don't, you know, they, they would never be able to, to refer on it or, or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but there are ways. And, you know, we have seen lots of different examples of um, communities and community groups and particularly the voluntary sector you know get in you know they're they're kind of key community um, assets involved with the the creation of, of um, some of the, the strategies and things like that and that's that's been a real bonus and then you can see the buy-in and you can you can just see the way that it's created and the, the, the kind of the end product is so much more inclusive and, and just more considerate to the people that live in that locality in that borough so you've talked I mean you've talked a lot Pete there about kind of connecting across the different sectors mm-hmm. so you know you start talking about whether it's a school or or the den you know immediately he's talking about also youth justice as well as youth work as well as yeah. you know the local environment and planners and 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 the list goes on really and there's no oh, sense of it it doesn't sit with anyone exactly yeah. it's everybody it doesn't sit with any one person um and then when talking about kind of you know what's brought joy again it's not that there's any one silver bullet that you've pointed to and gone well this has been the, this is it we found the solution you know that's the whole thing as well where I, i'm i'm sitting obviously in a different place to you guys within a local authority and we're really trying to go through a sort of system change and a change of culture now you know where our, our director of public health Muna, is saying to the rest of the council for starters but then wider saying yeah we may be the public health team you talk about physical activity being sort of one thing in my portfolio amongst mm-hmm. a number of other things I'm one person yeah. I can't sort of enact these strategies away. and I think that's sometimes where there's been an issue with sort of public health and I'm not you know talking about in Salford per se but everywhere where you can be sat there sort of making decisions and putting strategies out but unless you actually get by and say well I'm going to make it well actually you know what um, unless let's say solve community leisure the youth service everybody really needs themselves see themselves as, as the wider part of the public health workforce and actually take ownership and say well you know what this actually you are doing public health work mm. it's not me doing public health work you're out put every you know maybe set the agenda in con, in, in consultation with you and local people of where we want to go and get that vision going but it's you guys who are going to do it if it's just left to me nothing's going to happen getting that buy-in and that collective mm. leadership seems to be just kind of crucial to in terms of what your job absolutely, is really so involving yeah. people providing that agency from people yeah. on the ground in communities and, and influencing yeah. up and across in all directions and and bringing people together obviously it's been hard to bring people together the last two years but are you seeing now um i guess in helping close that gap you know, you can be the bridge, can't you, sometimes between those different layers effectively yes. of the system. And then there's times when you can bring them together. So are there any things, I guess, you've got coming up or anything that's going on that's just helping, you think, to, to close the gap between residents and communities and maybe your most kind of strategic leaders, senior leaders in, in Salford? I would say the one, the one thing that I'm sort of like excited about as far as, um, and, and this really links into the local pilot as well, is the fact that we've got as well as our health improvement service, which is 
are the main stage within our community development and we'll be doing a lot of you know the frontline public health work we've also got if we were talking about bridging that gap between actual public health strategy and public health delivery and engagement with communities like a lot of other areas of greater manchester and probably throughout the country been bought on by covid as a need of actually raising vaccinations and getting buy-in and some of that that sort of myth busting we've actually got our a public health engagement and inclusion team and I can really see a lot of the work, you know, one of the main pillars of a strategy is, is active communities and they are going to be really, really crucial if you say that whole thing of actually that bridge between actually what the community wants and feeding into strategy and feeding into actually the bigger picture as well and keeping that conversation going. And they're really going to help structure that. They're a really, really diverse team. Um, there's learning there from Bolton where they've actually part of their wellbeing strategy so it's like it's been really, really good to have a conversation, get sort of inspiration between what Bolton and Salford are doing. So it, it, again, that's the influence of the local palette and those networks mm-hmm. and those space to make those introductions. Same. They are there now. Our, you, you know, these teams are there now to actually move, sort of help the community recover, enable the community mm-hmm. through co-production. Actually, what they want to do and actually what they need to live healthier lives and sort of be happier in the places where they live. You know, I, I think that within Salford, you've been really good at um, being open to other the learnings that you, you've kind of taken, the challenges, you know, um, you know, I know you've done some work with uh, Tameside as well. You know, they've they've taken inspiration from, uh, you know, the, the some of the youth work that you've done, yeah. you know. Um, the learning part of the, the pilot is one of the biggest, so I suppose, assets that, that we've got. You can see the difference. You know, I've been working um, in my role now for about three years and, you know, the difference from where we started where I wouldn't necessarily say there was competition between between the boroughs, but I just don't think there was the relationships there or, yeah, the, there just wasn't the rapport there where you could go to another, you know, borough, you could go to Bolton yeah. or you could go to Tameside and say, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you know, I, I hear that you've done this. Have you got any challenges? Have you got any learning? you know can you hold my hand through this yeah com- you know commendations to you and, and Salford you know you've, you've always you know been a bit of an open book and it's it's you know really helped some of the, the yeah, other localities out there that, that's something I've never really understood and why when there's there's competition and there's you know and I'm not just talking about within local pilot or GM moving or even out of the physical mm-hmm. activity sphere you know we, we've all got to work together we're all in can maybe understand in the private sector where you're in you're a market culture and there is competition but you know we're not you know what we're not here to sort of compete and make money and yeah it's never something i've really that's something i've really always been open to actually working together and learning and like saying and i think it's a case of going into these things and taking mm-hmm. any i suppose constructive criticisms or challenges or looking where some you know areas you know could be doing better and where there's learning instead of just saying oh everything's fine la 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 you know it's you need to, and, and you, you, like you say, you can share what's good about what's going on in your place as well. And, and, and it's that community of learning, I think, but GM moving and, and greater sport really, really enables. You've dropped the ego, 
you think about the whole ecosystem, you've dropped, you're working outside of boundaries, so you're crossing mm-hmm. over into different localities, you're going in with depth into communities to really listen to people, understand mm-hmm. and involve them in what's going on. You're thinking across sector and you're pulling together, you know, closing that gap between strategy and implementation and what that actually means, translates to in terms of values of people's lives. Quite a bit going on in all of that. Um, it's still on the journey, it's a real honesty and openness mm. about, you know, the direction still to go. So I guess that, yeah, the next question really is, that all sounds good. There's a lot of rich learning. So what, what does the future look like? Physical activity really needs to be collective growing. I want to use this phrase, but physical activity really needs to be that golden thread going forward. It supports absolutely every agenda. It supports all our strategic objectives in solving. You know, it's not about supporting the strategic objectives and feeding the beaks just because that's fair, because most strategic objectives, anything else that we've got around, you know, and mental health strategy, social prescribing, I could go on. And all of these things are within our emerging strategy. It, it's my role now, as you've said, to be that influencer and bring everybody together to um, move them on that journey. Our physical activity strategy essentially now is going, or it has gone, um, sort of to our comms team. There's really, really detailed chapters and action plans that come off around our four pillars, and we've got we've got sort of existing working groups or strategy groups where these strategies are going to sit, rather than trying to create um, extra things, which is something you know both people within Salford and Richard warn me about. It's like don't set up, set up specific action groups around these things because you just you know you you putting more work on people and it'll become unwieldy and just fall apart. So I've listened to that and we've got a really really active. Um, climate change and sustainability action group which has got sort of councillors loads of different anchor organizations voluntary groups on you know cvs etc where that can say we've got we've got my learning city where our active learning you know a lot of the actions around that can sit active communities a lot of that will sit within our community champions and we've got sort of active employment as well which in, in you know encompasses employability as well as including uncompetent that actual being active while you're in work you know including hybrid work now one of the things we're doing that is actually trying to make South City Council an exemplar around that as well as working with sort of like our skills and work team but to knit it all together and actually not lose any of that passion and that momentum from the local pilot we've actually got a group which will sit outside the governance of the, the, the strategy but will actually will be informed of the strategy and the learnings and the updates around that. We've got, I don't know whether it's a great name at the moment, it might change, but we've got like a physical activity alliance group that I've set up around sort of like, you know, health and planning around, um, you know, around, um, you know, our parks and green spaces team, you know, we need to get someone from the school that, you know, the, the, our sports network there and various others to make that a bigger group and to keep that momentum going around around that collaboration and that learning and a lot of the people within that group will actually have actions from the, from the strategy anyway but you know it's that thing around around it being active education as it was before it's now active learning to bring in that whole sort of lifelong learning approach and, and how physical activity and innate that instead of active workplace it's now active employment it sounds like so you really are baking it in it's like you know hardwiring into everything baking it in so check and challenge nicole <laughs> um what do you hope to see from in salford what or what will let you know that it is being baked in that wider engagement so yeah i think you're looking for 
it being you know that wider agenda you know you, you mentioned that you just you're just one person Pete and you, you're quite a formidable person but you know you can't, you can't, you can't do it all on, on your own so you know when you look across the wider system within um, Salford you know not just in the public health team you know mm-hmm. you're looking wider so how are you, your schools kind of linking into that how Absolutely, you know yeah. the NHS how are you know your senior leaders buying into this you know like you say you want it to be part of everyone agenda absolutely and you've hit on schools there and you've hit on health integration health integration is massive and I know we've got a really really good um, social prescribing model in Salford and and the good thing about it is as well Mm -hmm. you know it's not just that sort of the the community connectors or link workers or whatever you want to call in different areas on the back of that it's a fact that it's got those development workers that directly link into the VCSE sector yeah this is where the challenges come in as well because schools we know that physical activity and all these other sorts of well-being aspects can really, really help um, children and young people's academic achieve- achievements mm-hmm. and support resilience and things like that. But there's such pressure on skills with academic recovery oh, and, and the mental health issues that young people have been through, which have been exacerbated yeah. by the pandemic. And it's like the chicken of the egg physical activity and delivering a more holistic model within schools and linking more into the community, you know, like we did through the local pilot, really, really is vital. But you've got to, you've got to cut through that noise and it's it's about getting the people within that system and uh, within the council who commission these school services and lead it or leaders within the schools who are really, really going to um, champion that. Well, Absolutely. I think we probably could do a whole other podcast, but I am going to stop us. <laughs> so thank you very much. Oh, thank, thank you for you. having us. Thanks for the conversation. No That's problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's a joy. And the sun's coming out. Thanks for listening to this GM Moving podcast episode. We've heard how moving matters to everybody and how we can all play a role to design moving back into everyday life. Now, we'd love to hear how you keep moving and the ways you are supporting others to live an active life. You can contact us on our socials, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag DMMovingInAction. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who will find it useful. And join the movement for movement. A big thank you to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to make this happen. This series is a Mike Media production.